0: Hello, you're listening to Just Screen It, case studies in creative distribution. I'm your host, Colin Stryker, and I am not an expert in indie film distribution. I am an independent filmmaker working towards making my first narrative feature a horror film entitled The Grove. Uh, As I've been contemplating my own eventual distribution strategy, I've come to the conclusion that we need more data, more transparency, more information about how the various distribution options that are out there have worked for people. So I decided to start this podcast to help capture some of the experiences of those who have already been through it, whether successful or otherwise, and from those experiences, help both listeners and myself better understand this really complex, crazy landscape of independent film distribution today. So each week, I'll be bringing on a filmmaker who has self-distributed or been personally involved in the distribution of their film. My hope is that future filmmakers can take the knowledge gleaned from the show and use it to make their own decisions on how to best distribute their films. Hey, folks, I've got a super interesting one for you today. On this episode, I am talking with Gary Smith about his first feature film, Skyfly, a sports comedy about a group of skydivers who face off with another group of skydivers in a battle for supremacy in the sport of roller hockey. Yeah, lots of adventures and hijinks in this one. This episode is a little different from most of my past episodes in that Gary hasn't yet put his movie out there. It's coming in april but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a ton of sage advice to offer it's evident in our conversation that gary has done a great deal of research into his distribution strategy and has put a lot of careful thought into his marketing and promotional plans for the film i kind of love the idea of doing interviews like this because i can look forward to having gary back on the show in a year or 18 months down the road whatever and see how all of these plans worked out for him So yeah, don't let this forward-looking interview keep you from listening to this one. Gary is very well-informed and has lots of good insights into the world of indie distribution today. So that said, I will stop blabbing and get you right to my chat with Gary Smith. Gary Smith, welcome to the show. It's good to see you. Thank you, man. Great to be here. Yeah, I watched your, your movie Skyfly a couple nights ago, really enjoyed it. So it looks like it looks like a a really fun movie to make. You know, it looks like, you know, you just had a blast with it. So thank you. You know, just starting out, maybe just talk about your background a little bit, how you got into filmmaking. I don't really know
1: much uh, about you aside from that film. So anything else we need to know about you? Just let us know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm from Northern California. I've been in L.A. for about 10 years. This is my first feature film. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say I got into it by just kind of just doing it. I had made a couple little kind of goofy videos, you know, maybe throughout my 20s, nothing short film, you know, type of format or anything. The first thing that I made that was, you know, anything at all was probably 2016. It was basically a little web series. I kind of looked at it like as a pilot, you could say, but I didn't really do anything with it, but I learned a lot. Yeah. And gearing up to make that, I studied film riot a lot great youtube channel and you know i went to youtube university and just learned as much as i could and then it was right around beginning of 2020 where i was like you know what i'm gonna write a freaking feature let's nice. do this yeah and then kind of a covid story you know where covid hit and it was just kind of one of those things where it was like regardless of what you think about covid and and our reaction whatever the, the fact was it was like oh shit anything can happen at any time and it was a real motivating factor for me to like let's do this and so yeah. that lit a fire under my ass and so i got that script done probably took about six months skyfly and then tore my mcl skydiving go figure on <laughs> halloween on 2020 landing on halloween that postponed things a little bit but yeah uh, long story a sh- little less long i got into it by just making this feature happen i just kind of boot bootstrapped it and and here we are yeah awesome yeah. Like I said, it looked like a, a lot of fun to
0: make and, and you, it seems pretty, you know, for a first time feature and somebody who just kind of dove in and made a, a feature film, it looks, you know, looks pretty good. It looks like you, you had some budget you had a helicopter, <laughs> you, know, like that, you know, there's some things about it that I kind of like went, Oh, wow. He's, you know, he had, you know, so I'm kind of curious. I know, you know, mainly we'll talk about distribution and I think you know, you're kind of just going into distribution on this. So, yeah, for for our conversation, it might be more a sort of a like, what are your plans? What are your thoughts? Kind of thing, right? Than what are your experiences? Which I think is great. But I'm curious, like, just to step back and and talk about financing a little bit. Like, did you raise financing? Did you have some some sources that you were able to to cobble together? Like, how did that all come together? Yeah, once you, ha- you know, once you have a script, then you got to figure out how am I going to make it? And you know, right. you obviously had a little bit of money, so I'm just kind of curious how that all came together
1: yeah so i'm an interesting guest kind of like what you said because we haven't put it out there yet yeah 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 and the way i got the money was different than most people as well too i did what you're not supposed to do and i self-financed it and i did it any way you can think of selling things saving up debt you name it so i'm heavily invested i'm the only investor (laughs) right (laughs) for better or worse that's how you know but i just and it's i just wanted I, i didn't want to wait for permission right and i just wanted to i wanted to make something and i just wanted to put it all on the line. And it's funny because at first it was like, okay, well, the budget was going to be this much. And then it was like, well, now it needs to be this much. And and it's yeah. still happening, right? As yeah. we get into marketing, it's like, well, now it needs oh, to yeah. be this much. And then it becomes, and then it becomes protecting your investment, you know?
0: Well, I love that. And, and I, you know, I, I'm definitely not one to to tell you that the rule is you shouldn't self-finance because I'm at least partially self-financing my, my future as well. And cool, I, I think it's like. I think it's maybe better not to do that. But when you're when you're like us, when you're just kind of making movies because you want to love movies, you want to make you love to make movies, you love the idea of making movies, and you don't want to sit around kind of twiddling your thumb waiting for somebody else to tell you what you can and can't do. Right? You wanna just do it. That's the only way to do it. And you know, I'm all for it as long as you're not, you know, putting yourself in dire straits to do it, or you know, putting too much debt on your credit card, all those kinds of things, like getting in serious trouble for it but if you can afford it and you, you've got the money, like I can't, you know, it's better to spend money on making a movie than on a yacht or, you know, a fancy right. house or something.
1: You know, at least. <laughs> I agree. And 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 in your case too, I think that if you put some money in, in general, they say it's good to have some skin in the game, right? That'll oh, yeah. show your yeah. investors, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I was going to say that as well is, is, yeah, it totally, I think that's a really viable, you know, kind of strategy towards actually raising some financing is to put some of that skin in the game. Money and, attracts money. Yeah. Money attracts yeah. money. Exactly. For so sure. yeah, totally. For sure. You, you feel free to climb, but do
1: you mind giving a, a kind of a, uh, a budget, the budget amount? Rough, rough I, one. I, if you I apologize. Rough you're you're going to hate me because I, no, 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 I, right. I have an opinion on it. I do keep yeah, it yeah. to the chest usually just because, I mean, one, I have a ballpark idea of it, but two, you know, if you were to count sweat equity favors, you could double it, triple it, quadruple it. You know, that's what the studios do. They fluff it. They defluff it. The other thought I have on it is sometimes, you know, when people know a budget, it's going to affect them one way or another. That's either going to make them go, oh, wow, they made it for that. Or that's going to make them go, oh, wow, they made it for that. So I apologize, but I keep that one. (laughs) No, 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 totally. I'll be be as transparent as I can, but
0: I. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Especially since you self-financed, it's kind of like getting, you know, kind of gets into your (laughs) personal finances, your personal. You're right. You know, that kind of thing. So I didn't even think of that. that. Totally. Yeah. So, but I think, you know, it shows, you know, you spent some money here and there. But at the same time, I think you used your resources wisely. I'm guessing that you, and you mentioned, I think, before we started recording that you actually you injured yourself skydiving. So you are a skydiver. It looks like yeah. you probably used, you know, uh, where you skydive as a location, that kind of thing. You kind of used resources that you already had in your life. Very resourceful. Yeah. I'm wondering yeah. like the the place where you shot all the, um, what do you call the sport roller hockey? Is that the yeah. right way? Yeah, be, you yeah. Know? Was that something that you kind of
1: had access to yourself? No, no, and I had to pay for both. Yeah, okay. yeah, I had to pay wow. even okay. the skydiving one, but I did get a killer deal at the nice. skydiver okay. location. You know, by I had a nice you know skydiver introduced me to the owner, and he was great. Yeah, the roller hockey thing. I mean, you know, he gave a fair deal too. But yeah, because I'm not really in, immersed in the roller hockey thing. Okay, I did start a roller hockey team. We got our asses kicked for a while, and then we finally <laughs> won, and that was you know the inspiration for that. But nice. No, he was a great guy with the, with the great rink, And he was more than happy to let us do it. He's like, you can have it from this time to this time for this and We went out there, but I'll tell you what, the roller hockey was challenging. I bet it was, (laughs) especially
0: like, I I think I was going to bring that up is like, do you do roller hockey? Is that like something you do regularly? Because if you don't, then that's a, that's a tough thing to take on, you know, as part of this story.
1: A lot of the actors had never even rollerbladed, which, wow. You wow. Know, which, which was okay because it wasn't professional roller hockey players. It yeah. was it was skydivers playing roller hockey, so that's why I was okay with it. And we you know we did some practicing. I got them all skates, and you know we made it work the best we could. Yeah, but yeah, I you know I've I've always enjoyed rollerblading and I played some roller hockey, but it's definitely like not my thing.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, very impressive (laughs) that you took that on to make a movie about people who are doing that, you know, at least in part. And uh, I'm like, I'm curious, did you hire anybody who was sort of like
1: more skilled to, to do some like stunt work, that kind of thing? Like definitely we had a couple people on the, the, like the blue clouds, my rivals team uh that were like established hockey players. And one of them was the ones that got hurt. He tore his shoulder while we were filming or, or dislocated his shoulder. But yeah, so they were good at hockey and they kind of helped advise on that. And of course, with the skydiving stuff, actually one of the actors got his skydiving license to do his own stunt with Uh me, which was really cool. And then the other scene where, if you remember the three that were going like head down, like super badass, those were a super cool dude, Chris Dare and his buddies that helped me with that. Gotcha. Okay. I, in, the, in the world of skydiving, I'm a rookie biatch. I've got a, a okay. little over a hundred jumps, but in the world of skydiving, like I can go belly down. I can't do all that cool stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. I was going to you know,
0: say like, it looks like there's some pretty advanced skydiving techniques in there. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. surprised that you had some, you know, some people that were, you know, had a lot more experience with it, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, but it all, it all, you know, comes off really well and, and cool. Like, you know, yeah, it really, it's believable that all of your characters are really doing this. They're real skydivers and all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, maybe just to take us just a quick step back, I think viewers can probably piece it all their listeners can probably piece it all together now. But what what's the brief summary
1: of the film? What's the film about? Oh, yeah. Right. Skyfly comedy drama about a guy named Danny Jones who drinks too much and he's afraid to skydive. You know, he's uh, he, he had a scary parachute malfunction. And so his rivals at the drop zone who love to give him a hard time, challenge him to a roller hockey tournament since he can't compete in the sky anymore. And so Danny needs to assemble his team, his crew of misfits that live and work at, you know, at the drop zone and so they can compete. And then at the same time Danny's on his road to sobriety and kind of overcoming some fears, he falls in love with his Brazilian jump coach, Rafaela, who's training him to get back up in the sky. Cool. Like I said, it's
0: really fun and and looks like he had a lot of fun making it kind of remind me of uh dodgeball, you know, kind of in that vein, you know, kind yeah. of goofy, goofy, yeah. goofy like sport comedy kind of thing, you know, silly yeah, rivals, totally. you know, that kind of thing. Right on. Oh, and by the way, you play the the lead actor. So, it's yes, not sir. yeah, not just writer, <laughs> director, producer, whatever, you, you're yeah. also playing the lead, which is yeah. uh, quite a challenge in and of itself. So, Yes. Let's, you know, maybe talk about distribution a little bit and yeah. and like we said, like you're kind of just getting going on this and I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be an interesting angle for this podcast because rather than yeah. kind of focus on a on looking back story of distribution we can kind of focus on what your plans are what your thoughts what your strategies are that kind of thing mm-hmm. but you know just to kind of go back in time a little bit like when you first decided you want to make this film you got your financing whatever that was what were you thinking about distribution at that point were you giving it much thought or were you just sort of like no fuck it i'm just going to make this movie and see what happens worry about distribution later. Like how much forethought are you giving into giving to that?
1: A little bit of both. I definitely started yeah. studying early on. You're probably familiar with Alex Ferrari, maybe in his book, Film Entrepreneur. You know, yep. I really enjoyed that. And I just, I eat this stuff up. I mean, you know, I read as many film books as I can, Audible, YouTube university podcasts like yours. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, man. Oh, I think thank you. you're a great host. You're, you're killing it. <laughs> I uh, appreciate no, it. No, you seriously, this is going to do really well. So anyway, my point is, is that I was studying it, but I, I the, the entire process has been so much learn as you go, you know, yeah, yeah. which is great. You know, you jump, you learn to fly as, as you go down, but you know, I, I kind of had a feeling from the get-go that I'd be self-distributing, but I wasn't ruling out a traditional distribution deal. It's just, as you know, I'm so personally invested that yeah. it would take a a decent you know, minimum guarantee from a reputable company for me not to self-distribute because it's that important to me. Because I've heard all the horror stories. You know, this isn't anything. All your listeners have I've heard this a million times. I'm sure is is the 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 shady deals and the predatory distributors are out there. So I had my guard up. That said, I you know I still went to AFM. I met with sales agents. I felt the vibe. You know, I got a couple offers and 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 you name it. And that was I'm sorry before you made the film or after you made the film. I actually went to AFM two the last two years the two years ago the film wasn't even done edited and then this year it was ready but i just i wasn't holding my breath you know right it's also i mean you know without a big name like we have the cameo from Andy dick which is great and it's fun yeah that's that's a really entertaining (laughs) part of it yeah yeah he's He's great he's a he's a hoot yeah so that was a lot of fun but that's not going to sell you know the whole film over to europe or something you know that's what they want and you know Or am I getting out with this? I I just, I feel that today's day and age, especially with a great aggregator like Bitmax, which I'd love to go to town on telling people about Bitmax because I feel like they don't get the credit that they deserve. And they're not talked about enough, in my opinion. And I'm not completely done working with them, but so we'll get into that. But my point is in today's day and age, it's distribution, in my opinion, is marketing is awareness because you have the power so much at your fingertips now to get it on the trusted platforms. You could do OTT, sell it through your website, make a little more. But in my opinion, you go to something like Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play, YouTube, where their credit cards are already saved, right? This isn't anything new to most people so that they're comfortable. And then the word is get it out there. So if it, it really comes to that post post energy, right? So in that entrepreneurship mindset, I think. So if you are geared up and ready to take on that challenge, and then also every film is so different so it's case by case if you should do film hub if you should do bitmax if you should do a traditional distributor you name it it's it, there's it's I've never been part of an industry where there's it's so not a one cut fits all it's so it's it depends on your cast your 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 budget your your director your film so many things so that said i i started working with bitmax and they're amazing you can choose your release date. It's not like Film Hub where you just put it on there and you see where it does and you see where it pops up. You don't even know if it's TVOD or AVOD. You name it. There's a lot more control there. There is a little bit more of you know the upfront fees. So then you did. Mm-hmm. But they, with TVOD, they don't take anything on the back end. And I'm not getting paid by Bitmax, everybody. I'm just saying this. <laughs> I love. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm paying Bitmax. We're in the finishing phases right now, though, where I should have confirmation from our platforms by the end of the month. But they have a pretty rigorous QC. But they walk you through it. They hold your hand. Nice and so it's like a 99.99 percent, you know so i'm not worried about it you know i will say for people that are interested in them when you haven't started working with them they're difficult to get a hold of and i think that's because they're busy but when you do start work and i hunted them i hunted them down when you do start working with them at least the person that i've been dealing with is heaven sent she's amazing and so i think the question a lot of filmmakers should ask themselves is will my film make more than what this bitmax fee is to get on the platform do i feel confident about that because if that is the answer then why would you give 20 percent to anybody on the back end so that's just my thoughts and yeah i don't know i might be going into the weeds here No, no no i think those are great thoughts and i've heard of bitmax i've you know
0: their name has trickled down through the grapevine a little bit but i don't really know much about them so i think this will be a great opportunity to get more information out about that yeah just to take a step back, we'll get into that for sure. But just, I guess I've said, you know, we'll take a step back several times now. We'll take but, as many steps as you want. <laughs> and Just trying to make sure that I get some questions out before we go on with other stuff. But yes, sir.
1: You fit- So you finished the film when about? Oh, man. Well, we shot Principal Photography, November 2021. 2021. Post has been quite a process. Yeah. Right. And uh, so much harder and expensive than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if you're really trying to do it and do it the best you can. So 2022 is mostly editing and 2023 was mostly, you know, sound design, color, VFX. That's one thing, a little tip for anybody listening who's going to direct and act, you know, let's say this is a hard lesson learned. Cause you're responsible for everything that's on frame. So it's my, no one's fault, but my own. And I, what I will say is, and thankfully we got rid of 99.9% of them with VFX, but it was lengthy and it was expensive is boom shadows and reflections. I would have oh, big, big key out there to anybody, you know, get some extra help with that. And of course there was positions on set that, you know, could have been helping me a little more, but it's no one's fault, but my own. That's a little tidbit. I would have, cause, but once, and it's funny, cause when we were editing, I didn't see them cause we were editing in the flat color. Right. Or, or, or shooting for sure. Right. But you would have thought when we were, because I co-edited it, that I would have saw them, but it wasn't until we put the color on that I was like, whoa, oh, whoa, yeah. shadow, reflection. But I mean, a lot of them. So anyway, yeah, 2022, a lot of editing, 2023, a lot of stuff like that. And I would say the film was done and we were starting to work with BitMax right around October of 2023, I want to say. Okay. All right. So that's pretty recent, you know, just a yeah. few months ago. Yeah
0: once you finish the film it sounds like you you put actually it sounds like two years into post which is a long time to be in post yeah. i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just you know obviously you you wanted to
1: hone it and get it just right yeah that's a good thing in, in a lot of ways to be completely honest and transparent it that two years probably could have been a year to year and a half but i was battling with my addiction again Oh ah, okay and yeah so uh, a lot of you know 2023, I did really good. There was only maybe a couple episodes, but 2022 was pretty tough for me. And we got it. Yeah. You know, I don't didn't affect, you know, I think the film, it just made things take longer. Yeah. Yeah. One post is a lot harder than I thought, but I, you know, I, I, I struggle with alcoholism mm. and I'm six months sober recently. Nice. And I don't Congratulations. mind talking about it. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. And, yeah. and as yeah. you know, in the film too, there's a big theme of sobriety yep. to the film, yep. Yep. which is part of why I wrote it and made it is because yep. I, I, I like talking about it openly because yeah. I feel like it's such a big thing that it's either whoever, somebody listening, if it's not them, it's probably a family member. You know, it's such a, it's such a plague. Got it in my family. I don't have it, but I got it in my family for sure.
0: So. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, great to hear for you. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I I appreciate your, your openness about that. And, you know, I think that it, it links to sort of the theme that when, when you're working at this level, I mean, at all levels in filmmaking, but I think in particular, when you're self-financing, when you're, you know starring in the movie you know all of these things making that film is such a personal thing to you it's such a you know huge part of your life and so everything that you're going through in life is related to you making this film you know yeah. the film is impacting your life your imp- your life is impacting your film it's not like a day job where you can just kind of go and do it and then you come home and forget about right. it it doesn't work that way you know right at this level of like independent filmmaking. So yeah, not, not a surprise to hear that there were some delays because of, you know, whatever personal issues, you know, and that happens, you know, so, but you know, it's great for you. Congratulations on your six month sobriety. That's awesome. And thank you. yeah I'm feeling really strong. Yeah. You know, I continue to wish you the best in in pushing that forward. I know it's a lifelong struggle. So, you know, yeah thanks, man. But then congratulations on getting through it, sticking to it and getting the film done as well. You know, that's not easy either. So, pretty pretty awesome pretty awesome results i think so once you kind of got the film done was there any like talk of going to film festivals or anything like that or did you want to kind of go straight to the you know what streaming platforms am i going to get get it on i I have a
1: lot of mixed feelings about festivals as well so here we go yeah let's talk about it it. yeah let's (laughs) let's get into it (laughs) i we submitted to three and one was before the film was even done just throwing shit at the wall and even the other two, our, our, our hopes weren't super high. My thoughts on it as, is that, you know, there's probably what five to six that carry a ton of clout that, you know, you know, people are going there. And, and even then from what I'm gathering from it is nothing's guaranteed. Even then it gets a little, I don't know bougie is the right word here and there, but also, okay. Even more importantly, I just, I wouldn't say that this is there's there's festival films, and I don't really think this is very much a festival film. You know, yeah. I, it's, I, I guess when you say festival film, you, you think artsy. And then there's also a lot of festivals that are, as you know, like more geared towards certain genres, right? Like a horror, you know, and then there's also the the whole, they want butts and seats. So they want these big, it's these big studios that are getting the big festivals and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess, you know, but that's, there's a lot of money to, you know, submit to all these. And then, and definitely once the film was done, since it had taken so long, yes. I was like, if it works out schedule wise and we get into a great one, sweet, I'm pro festival, but if not, sure. you know, let's just get this thing out there. I'm ready to make my, some money back. But I think, you know, if you're doing a short film, fuck yeah. Festival yeah. is what you're doing. Right. And you're doing the festival run. If you have a festival film, like you got a horror one, you want to get into those top horror ones, you know? So anyway, long answer, slightly less long. It wasn't a big part of our plan. We threw a little bit of mud at the wall and yeah, that was it.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's really, really wise generally speaking, it sounds like for your first film, you've done a lot of research. You've done a lot of thought upfront about what you're doing, you know, and how you're going to kind of go about it. And I think that's great advice for other filmmakers who are looking at making their first feature to, to take home and think about, like, you know, do your research. Don't just dive into it. You know, on the well, other hand, I'm always saying, you know, if you want to make a movie, just make a movie. You know, you don't, well, want, you don't want all that stuff to paralyze you either. You know, it's both. Yeah. So, yeah, you do both. But yeah, but certainly like recognizing what your film is and where it's, you know, where it's best, where it belongs in the world, you know. And and right. yeah, I would agree your film is probably not a out and out film festival film. There might be some particular kind of more specialized film festivals, you know, skydiving film festivals. I don't know, you know, right. what kinds of film I don't think they have festivals there yeah. are, comedy film festivals. I don't know. There might be some more specific yeah, niche and film that's festivals the other thing, too. that would eat your film up. Right. right you know, South by Southwest is maybe not looking for, you know, this film, you know, right. and that's not and saying I, anything about the quality of the film. It's just saying that that's not what they're necessarily looking for when they want to showcase f- certain films, you know,
1: th- those are tough to get in and, and, you yeah. know, and not to pat myself, you know, what am I trying to say? If I wanted to get into some festivals, we could have got into some festivals, like no doubt. You know what I mean? It just means I would have had to submit to a bunch more, Yeah. you know, I have no doubt we could have gotten some tier two, some tier three festivals you know to whatever yeah and you know
0: and also you just you'd spend the fees and you also spend a year you know because generally you don't want to put your film out on the internet until it's played its festival run right you know festivals don't really want to be showing movies that are already out on the internet that kind of thing so you're looking at another year before you can actually get it out there to the to the world you know and so again i think that's a wise decision yeah, which isn't you know necessarily the right decision for every filmmaker and every film, which goes back to what you were saying, which every film is wildly different. You know, oh. some films are tailor-made for playing the festival circuit, you know, and for some filmmakers, that's what they want to do. They want to go to these film festivals where the audiences love certain kinds of movies, and this is how they get it up on the big screen and interact with the audiences and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, film festivals are great for some people and some kinds of films, and maybe for others, not so much, you know, and I think you did a, a great job kind of recognizing that uh, ahead Thank of time. You. You know, so yeah, I couldn't agree more. So then take me to kind of your your next thought process, like, okay, not gonna hit the festival circuit too hard. You know, what else are you gonna are, are were you looking at? Were you looking at contacting traditional distributors at all? Did you kind of go through a phase with that, kind of getting
1: a sales yeah. agent? I know you alluded to that a little bit. Like what was your thinking at that point? Yeah, yeah. We were open to it. I talked to some producers' reps, you know, some of which have like a consultation fee slash back end fee, you know, different. Options ta- definitely yeah. talked to some distributors, went to AFM, got a couple offers and, you know I put out you know I saw the distributor list on you know the AFM website and I definitely sent some emails and some screeners and yeah, just overall, I was more so just kind of getting a feeler for it. The cool thing and I could be slightly wrong, but I th- I think some of the sales agents and distributors will still take you after a self-distribution run. So that's hmm. kind of a, a thought of mine down the road. Interesting. You know, part part of the plan down the road for sure is, you know, after a solid self-T VOD run is whether it's, you know, ideally it'd be with a sales distributor or some type of distributors to try to get an S Vod deal because S VODs will actually take you after, especially if it's a good T Vod run. So then it's just kind of the question like, when do you do it? Do you do it while the sales are still hot? You know, and then you miss out on that. Maybe I don't know. But but if I could have a good T VOD run and then get to the SVOD, that would be great. But worst case after a solid TVOD run, you know, one will, I'm sure will, well, we'll probably go to an AVOD, you know, af- after that yeah, um, yeah. multiple Vods. But I would like to circle back with some of these sales agents and distributors and, you know, see if, you know, if, if they're still interested after that, but we'll see, we'll see how long the, you know, I'm super excited to start rolling out our awareness plan and, and yeah. our market as that to me is where, what, what it's all about.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I think, uh, you know, kind of reflecting on
0: what you said before about how every film is different every film's release plan is going to be different every how it's Mm going to roll out is going to be different and at this stage you don't even necessarily know how that's going to roll out it could go viral and it could like you know have this huge success just being on tvod and you know you never need to do anything else with it or you know that but of course that would probably lead to other opportunities you know you just don't know so just kind of at this stage just kind of looking at it with an open mind and seeing where it goes and not planning too much but You know, keeping
1: an eye. Well, I'm planning a lot. I'm planning. Yeah, yeah. I'm a planner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I didn't
0: mean to say that you weren't. Like, it's a certain kind of planning. It's a certain kind of like. I guess it's more expectations, like knowing exactly what's going to happen when and that kind of thing. You know, that's unpredictable. But planning and kind of you know be being ready to jump onto opportunities as they come up and looking to recognize those opportunities and and that kind of thing. It's always great to, to be doing that kind of stuff. So
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, just in general. Our kind of skyfly awareness, and it's all developing as it goes. You know, for us, I mean, it's going to be a combination of, of course, social, which to me is your organic, you know, your social media, and also just your inner circle, your friends and families. You call them, tell your mama to tell your mama's mama, you know, and and all that. Obviously, Facebook groups. Jay Horton has a lot of great videos on that sure on how to yeah. you know how to how to slide in and infiltrate the Facebook groups. Right? Yeah. yeah. Get the top contributor badge and, and and really start engaging and and all that. So that's obviously one thing that everybody knows of, which which also is a note to be learned is that a, a buildup to an independent film, in my opinion, which I'm still trying to dial in our social media strategy, I think is kind of a waste of time and effort, maybe a waste of some of your content. And I'm actually kind of leaning towards maybe not even putting too much out until it's available. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not going to do any digital ads until it's available. So then the next part would be your digital ads, right? we're really dialing in the who, the where, and the how. So our niche audiences, which to this film is going to be skydivers, roller hockey players. And I imagine that trickles into ice hockey as well. Brazilians, because there's a big Brazilian theme to it. And we use a really great song, Brazilian song, which they're by Skank. They're like the Beach Boys of Brazil over there. And so I, I imagine if I, if I export some solo clips from that, that might be really great. And you know, I think the subcategory would be the, the sobriety. So we're really going to try to figure out who where they are and start to experiment with our ads and, 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 and really try to retarget them. And then another aspect would be PR, right? We'll work with a PR person and try to get, get some awareness going that way. And then we have our grassroots. And I learned this from watching some of Jeff's videos. What's his last name? Deverett. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's from Canada. He teaches down in San Diego. He's got some great videos too. He's another indie film warrior. He lays it to you straight, really great experience. He's really transparent as well. And one thing I noticed in one of his videos that he did was he had his gymnastics film that got on Netflix and prior he had a TVOD window and he would call gymnast coaches across the country and like offer a partial screener and just say, hey, you know, we think this that you're if you can. Present our film to your students, et cetera, whatever. And I loved that kind of grassroots direct marketing kind of hustle. And so that's going to be part of our plan. You know, we might call skydive drop zones across the nation and Brazil and Canada and, you know, maybe roller hockey rinks, maybe even Brazilian restaurants. So really try to get ambassadors and people involved. Right. And then also, and then the final aspect to everything is gorilla, you know, maybe throw a decal on the back of the car, some car magnets, hang up some banners, places, you know, really just get that word out there. And so I feel like when you mold all those things together, if, if I can time them all well, Mm -hmm. we might have a fighting chance.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like after all, after all that, we might have a fighting chance and that's, (laughs) that's all it ever is. I think until you, you know, until you actually get the fighting chance or until you get the success, like you just never know. Right. uh, you know how it's going to go or how successful you're going to be, but it sounds like you've given it some great thought and, and have a, you know, a great plan in mind well-researched plan in mind and thorough, I think, and realistic as, as well at the same time.
1: Yeah. And I, I think important part two is opening weekend. You know, I really want to try to click some algorithms. Yeah. Have an echo chamber in social media, have a, you know, all my friends and family, you know, I think that's when it's really time to call in all your favors, you know, with your circle and say, Hey, look, it would mean the world to me if, if you, if Not only did you not rent it, but you buy it, you know, I mean, and, and you rate it and review it on whatever platform it is and you share it. And, you know, if you can create a little army, I think, you know, I, I don't know, I could be delusional. I think it's going to help. And then you, you, you pour gasoline on the fire with the digital ads, right. And some PR efforts and, and things like that
0: yeah yeah and uh, yeah you dropped the word delusional which i think like any independent filmmaker has to have a little bit of that
1: oh yeah (laughs) you you can't really
0: do it unless you're kind of deluding yourself a little bit you know we're all crazy man. yeah exactly totally
1: yeah so talking about opening night opening day what does that look like for you um yeah we're hoping to or not hoping we're planning to premiere in april premiere and release okay Waiting on the confirmations just to be safe, you know. Even so, I should have the dates locked by the end of this month, maybe early next month. But I'm thinking I'm flirting with the uh, premiere date of I think Saturday, April 13th, and a release date of the following Thursday, April 18th, if that's right. So I don't have them locked yet, but that's kind of what we're looking at for that. And that's like
0: available on streaming platforms, or do you have any kind of theatrical rollout in mind? No
1: theatrical, okay. uh, you know, just the premiere, which is basically just a party, you know, uh, yeah. we're just celebrating the fact that the film's done right I'm having a good time and if we can get a little buzz that's great but you're gonna do that in a theater in LA somewhere or something like that yeah
0: or, yeah. Okay. yeah
1: yeah cool. definitely yeah and which I'm still figuring out right now I'm dialing in which which theater because you know it, there's, there's a lot to, lot to choose to, from <laughs> there's a lot to choose from yeah and I want to make sure it has enough seats and you know it's 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 nice enough you know but it doesn't have to be super fancy yeah so it's going to be all VOD, so it's only going to be available for rent or purchase not not no, no, no no SVOD yet. So Amazon, Apple TV, Google play, YouTube. And originally I was just going to do Amazon and Apple TV. So it was even more direct and more of a chance for a higher algorithm, you know, and just whatever. But I could only make it available in Brazil on Apple TV. And after I did my research, speaking to a lot of Brazilians, they said, if you have the option of Google play and YouTube, it'd be much more accessible. Mm. So anyway, that's why it's going to be available on that as well. But you know, more platforms doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah, that, that's interesting. That brings up the sort of cannibalization debate, right? Whether whether by putting it on certain platforms, whether you're cannibalizing your opportunities on other platforms, you know. So, like, if it's on YouTube, is it is it going to eat away at maybe better revenue generating opportunities on Amazon, that kind of thing? You know, I don't really know
1: very much about what the kind of how that all shakes out. Yeah, I think if they're both T VOD, it shouldn't too bad. If one was AVOD versus T VOD, then for that's sure. It. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean I'm just thinking yeah, The Avod would screw you over there but yeah. If they're both Tvod, I think it should be okay. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a, a great plan and and you know just so listeners know like the only reason I was able to watch it is you shared a private link with me. So it's not mm-hmm. available yet but yeah. You know, hopefully <laughs> listeners will hang on to the, you know, hang on to the name and look it up when it when it does uh, yeah. know, become available in April or, you know, whatever it ends up being, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll be sending out updates. Yeah. So let's talk about BitMax then. So how did you hook up with them?
1: Yeah, I can't remember where or how I heard about them, but I'm so thankful I did. I I had spoken with some other aggregators that were just downright criminals. I mean, charging astronomical amounts up front and on the back end to aggregate. And then you've got the whole story of some distributors are basically glorified aggregators Mm -hmm. and they serve a purpose. Don't get me wrong. And that also goes back to each film, you know, having its own needs and whatever. And there's also some great distributors out there that are indie filmmaker warriors, you know. And but Bitmax, man, I mean, you know, they're just they're real, they're clean cut, they're to the point, you, they and they they're getting it done, and they don't take anything on the back end. And you get to choose your release date, you choose your platforms, and yeah, I mean, to me, it's just it's it needs to be more of an option. And I just, I guess, you know, and I, I'm going based off of my own narrow window, but like the Facebook groups that we're in and stuff like that, I, I don't see them talked about that much. You see film hub talked about all the time yep. and then, and then they do get brought up every once in a while. And some people come in and shit on them and some, you know, praise them a little bit, but I just think that it's an enormous resource for any indie, indie filmmakers and a, and a really great option for a lot of films. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I wonder why, because it seems like just the way that you describe them, you're almost, I know, I'm not sure if you're intentionally doing this, but, but it sort of comes across as if you're, you're sort of comparing them directly to film hub, because all of the things that I hear filmmakers complain about with film hub, like you don't have control over your release date. You don't have control over which platforms, all this kind of thing you're saying BitMax addresses those things. And so, you know, just automatically seems like a better place for filmmakers to go. So I wonder why it hasn't, Kind of taken off the way that Film Hub has. Do you have any yeah. ideas on that? Well, I think they're,
1: they're very different, right? And okay. I think and Film Hub gets, you know, it is it is a self distribution ish, yeah. but they're taking 20%. And the other thing that I think Film Hub was so great, which was from my understanding, from what I've been seeing in the Facebook groups lately, is that they're changing their business model, which totally makes sense because they were like taking anything and everything. And then they were having filmmakers, you know, email them three times a day because their film's making one cent a, a month and they're wanting to take it off platform. They're they're asking for too much and they don't have the resources. So I heard they're changing their business model a little bit. I don't know too much about them to begin with. But I think where Film Hub is great is if you got something you just want to just throw out there. You don't care if you make a dime, you know what I mean? You just you just put it on there. You see when it goes live, where it goes live. You're happy to give twenty percent to them. You know, cool. But yeah. if you want more control, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and and it, and you think your film will make back what their fee is, which is very reasonable, mm-hmm. then I don't see why you would not do that. Would do bit Max. I know that uh, Bimax does take, I think like 10% on the AVOD channel and there's different channels, but what I know for sure is the TVOD with Amazon, Apple TV, Google play, YouTube, and maybe a couple others. They don't take anything on the back end. Okay. And so it's you, all
0: an upfront fee. It's yes. all an upfront fee. And that, that yeah. may be what scares filmmakers off. I don't know. It's like, they've already spent enough money on their movies. Yes. Asking to like, you know, throw more money at it on the chance that they might make that money back is, right. you know, maybe a scary option for them. And they'd rather just go somewhere where there's, you know, they can start seeing revenue from day one, even if that revenue is just a trickle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, I can see that, but at the same time, the kind of stuff that you're talking about, like the control seems so vital. And I guess that's, you know, I guess it's a matter of like, what, how much, how much control do you really want? Like the control Mm. comes with responsibility control comes with work, you know, you have to, you, you know, so if you don't, want to do the work then you don't need the control but right. if you have kind of a detailed plan like you do and and are really invested in putting the movie out there and getting it out there in just the right way and you know kind of you want to like be able to just oversee that whole process then a platform that offers you more control certainly seems like a better way to go even if that's going to cost you some money up front so
1: yeah it's an interesting trade off Totally. And I'm motivated to get some money back. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you are.
0: (laughs) I bet you are. So uh, are you able to comment on what their upfront fee arrangement is? Is it like a fixed fee? Does it depend on the film? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah. You know, I forget because I also did some add-ons, right? Because I had them help me out with subtitles for Brazil, for the Portuguese mm-hmm. subtitles. I added a couple platforms and stuff like that. So I can't remember exactly. So BitMax, don't, don't get mad at me if I'm misquoting and, and anybody listening, you know, you know, contact them yourselves. But I think yeah. ballpark, ballpark, yeah. the first platform is, let's say 2,500, it might be 2,250 okay. or something like that, you know? So right. a couple, a couple grand. And then you also have to account for, I think there's a few hundred bucks for like, for them to maintain your, cause they're going to take care of, they take all the reports from the platforms and they pay you. And, and from what I've heard, it's very legit. It's very straightforward. It's very clean cut. So yeah, with me, it was a little more because I added some things, but within that initial fee is their QC and closed captions, mm. you know, so you need those things, but more importantly, and you know, with their QC, you're going to be good, but more importantly, you're going to be able to choose your release date, choose your platforms, and I guess those are the biggest things to me. But yeah, I was in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So as yeah, a filmmaker, the- I guess you ask yourself, okay, am I going to make more than this? Totally
0: right. Uh, that's what it comes down to. And and you know, and I think that like sometimes that that decision isn't even necessarily that conscious. You know, I, I think like prior to prior to like streaming became becoming such a big thing, there was a period where you know post the 90s where filmmakers were seeking those you know those theatrical distributors right and they were you know they were sort of in that Kevin Smith mindset you know like i'm going to make mm. my little film and it's going to go to sundance and get picked up by miramax which of course miramax mm. is a swear word now but <laughs> and that what that led to was these shady distributors these distributors who want you to pay them up front to distribute your movie and i got that with my documentary in the 2000s like i you know would get these calls from distributors they wanted like $8000 you know you give us $8000 and we'll pick up your movie you know that's, crazy. that's not a distribution deal you know no. and so you know i can see some filmmakers maybe thinking of of the bitmax arrangement in in that light i don't think it's necessarily the right light to look at it it doesn't sound no. like it because they're not distributing their film and they're not claiming to distribute their film. I mean, no, they're, they're aggregator.
1: Yeah. They're a aggregator. lot of distributors, the dirty secret, a lot yeah. of distributors use Bitmax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Frankie then they charge that's... back the filmmakers more than yeah. what Bitmax charged yeah. them in their marketing caps. And there's, you know, we could go into the weeds on all the crazy bad deals and stuff. Yeah. But the other thing that makes it really tough for a traditional distribution deal is most of the time you need E&O insurance. Yeah. you don't, you don't, you might want to have it if you're self-distributing, but you don't need it. That's expensive. You also, it'd be wise to get an attorney, uh, an entertainment lawyer because you want to redline their contract. And then, you know, and just deliveries in general are pain in the ass and expensive, but those are something to consider as well. But yeah, like what you said too, like when, when streaming came about and all that, it's crazy because our films are so devalued now. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's because it's never been easier to make a film, but for your regular consumer, they can pay $10 a month and have $500 movies at their fingertips. So they value your film at pennies. And so that's why it's an incredible uphill challenge that I'm about to embark here. But I think the key is that you find your niche audience. Audience, you figure out how to market to them, how to engage with them, how to get them interested in the film and start small and really try to, you know, close in on, on that key audience.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I couldn't agree with more with that mindset, I think. Um, and it all comes back to, you know, what we said earlier, which is that every film is different. And and mm-hmm. if you're, you know, so personally involved in a film that you're, you know, you're taking a personal interest financial or otherwise in its success, then you have to take a personal approach to getting it out there, getting it to audiences, you know, to, to, to invest so much in something being personal as a, a form of expression is only half the battle. You know, you also have to, you know, fight to get it out there into the world, I think. You know, and then it's you know it comes back to that famous quote by I forget who it was exactly, but you know the cavalry's not coming. That one. You yes, know. I
1: love that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is, was that Swamberg? Was that Joseph? Oh, I can't remember, no, I can't remember his name that? either. Oh, who was it? Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I can't remember this. I'm getting the too- cavalry's not coming though. Yeah, the, my brain cells are frying from like <laughs> too much information being crammed in there. But somebody said that, and I'm sure all listeners are like, "Oh, it was that guy?" and think we're yeah. but. Yeah. You know, like you've got to do the, you've got to put in the legwork yourself these days, you know, absolutely. And be prepared to do that or put it on film hub and put it out there and see what right. happens. And, Again, you know, it's, maybe it, you're not that invested in it. I, you know, like right. that's, you know, if that's what you want to do, I don't want to poohoo that at all. You know, it, it's a it,
1: it, different film, different filmmaker, everything. Yeah. It's case yeah. by case. Yeah, case yeah, by
0: case. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it's, uh, but, but I think your approach sounds great. And I think like, you know, you, you clearly have the energy to take it on, which I think a lot of filmmakers don't. And so, you know, you're, you're, uh, what's the word uh, again, bad brain cells, but you're, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're sort of primed, I think, to, to take that on yourself. I think you're energized and enthusiastic about it thank you. And that really comes across. So yeah, I think yeah. it's, you know, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. I totally. mean, it's an right. experiment. The whole right. thing has
1: been an experiment. Right, you know? right. I've yeah. made plenty of mistakes and there's a lot more mistakes I'm going to make. And the exciting part about that is I'm writing the next script right now. It's like, Oh bro, I can't wait to make this next one. Like, <laughs> yeah. let, you know, yeah. let's go. Yeah. But first and foremost, yeah, I want to get this out there. I want to, I want to see how, how good we can do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it just kind of going back to Bitmax
0: a, a little bit. I think you said that they so once you pay the fee, they're basically you're paying them a fee to aggregate it for you, to get it all on all these platforms. They send you regular reports, I think you said you don't you haven't gone through that yet, so you don't right. know, but you're you you have kind of it sounds like you have high confidence that you're gonna get I those regularly, you're gonna get yeah. that transparency into what's actually yes. happening, which I, is a whole nother area that I think we could use more of is you know, sort of filmmakers being informed on. How their films are being watched and where they're being watched and all that kind of thing. Like I wish right. there was a lot more transparency to that. So you know, it sounds like you're confident that you'll get that. Are they still taking a percentage at that point of your
1: revenue? The, no, sir.
0: No, that's the thing. That's and what so, I thought you said, and I wanted to yeah. drill down on that and make sure I understood yeah. that correctly. So, bought, so you, pay for, the,
1: you pay them the upfront fee, and that's it. That's that's the that's thing. It. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. Except yeah. for, and that's where some people get. Confused? Is I think they take ten percent on AVOD, and they might oh, take. that's right. You they said They might that. take ten okay. percent on some SVOD and maybe even okay. some other TVOD. But what I know for sure, for sure, is yeah. that Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play, YouTube, they don't take anything on the back end.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And that is that's huge. That's really I mean, interesting. Yeah yeah. 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 That's an and, interesting model. And and I like you know, things shift so much. Things change so much in this world you know just in a few years and it will be interesting to see if that model takes off a little bit more than it has because i think with all of the sort of you know the film hub the the whole film hub community the the kind of like the the attitudes about that are all over the map. You know, some people have had great experiences and love it. Some people hate it. And you just can't get, like, if you read the Facebook groups and stuff like that, you just, you can't get like an overarching sense of how, you know, should I put my film on Film Hub or not? Because there's so many, so many widely varying opinions, you know? Right. So, but from that kind of chaos, I think sometimes emerges new models and, and new ways of doing things that you know all of a sudden everybody flocks to them and then the studios find a way to capitalize on them and it ruins it for everybody and then you got to move to right. the next thing and that just happens like too yeah, yeah. right that's yeah, exactly, exactly that's
1: exactly what it is but you right nailed now. it with the constant you know? change man i mean yeah. it's so no, yeah. hard to fucking keep up because yep, everything's yep. changing so fast and then another thing just to just to you know give a little credit to places like film hub and distributors in general is to their defense filmmakers yeah. are fucking crazy <laughs> you know, so you know, to their defense, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. true. And, and a lot, and a lot of films are bad. You know, and so you know, and they suck too. A lot of them suck. And I think it was, and and speaking on film, Hub, is is there an experiment? They're new, and I think I heard that actually from your most recent episode. Your guest, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a great way to put it. Is they're still an experiment? They're figuring it out. They're trying to figure out the the business model, and clearly, they're making some changes. Yeah, so, I well, don't know, I, but
0: yeah, I, I mean, I think like. Everything's an experiment, right? I mean, (laughs) Universal Pictures is still an experiment, right? Yeah. Twentieth Century Fox is still an experiment, like 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 up all on up to the biggest studios. Everything nobody knows anything. Uh, Somebody else famous said that too. Nobody knows anything, right? Yes. And everybody's, especially now, because of streaming, because of COVID, the impact that COVID had on theatrical and streaming. You know, like everything is shifting underfoot, and everybody's trying to figure out how to. Kind of be ahead of the curve how to skate to where the puck's going to be that kind of thing right and nobody really knows you know you only know in <laughs> yeah. retrospect and some people get lucky and predict it right and some people don't some people are smart yeah. predict it
1: right i don't know you know some don't yeah you know, a little luck is involved with everything you know yeah I just, totally the hard work is all you can do and just luck favors the prepared hopefully you're there at the right yeah. place the right time yeah i think so so yeah you you kind of um, alluded to it a little bit, but just to
0: kind of circle back to this a little bit, you talked about you're working on the next script for your next movie. So, yeah. you know, what's that like? You're just, you're just now diving into distributing this movie. You're probably looking at a year or more of like being with this movie, getting it out there, you yeah. know, whatever it takes. And that's going to consume a lot of your personal energy. So what is that like to be, you know, already kind of working on the next project and thinking about that next, do you have kind of like a split mindset where you spend some time working on one and the other, the other, is that hard?
1: Is that easy? Like, it is hard. That? It's, it's, yeah. Man, where to start on that? I'm only about 40 pages into the script, but first and foremost, you know, I really want to have something. I want to have my next project ready when this comes out. It's for, because when somebody asks what's next, I want to say
0: this. Yep.
1: Yep. And to answer on splitting the the time is it's really hard for me because I like to in, like engulf my subconscious into whatever I, and be so submersed in what I'm working in and so I'm giving myself to the end of this month to really t- dial in the the awareness plan and I plan the next couple months to have a little bit more of my subconscious to offer to my script yeah and I and I'm constantly making notes of ideas I get for it and stuff like that yeah one thing I have and the next one I want to make on a much bigger level like I honestly. Yeah. So I just want to make it on a much bigger level. And I have a lot of things that I want to implement that I've learned from this. And what I'll probably do is after a few months of the release on this, hopefully utilize a little buzz from it and, and maybe a little bit more of a, of a following and and launch a crowdfunding for this one. I've never crowdfunded anything before, Yeah. but I'd like to crowdfund just the pre-production. So not the whole budget, just the, yeah, just so that, you know, then you can get a casting director and start, you know, talking to actors and you can get your line producer and, you know, et cetera.
0: Yeah that's an interesting an interesting thing to think about as well because i've heard that i've heard from some sources that with crowdfunding you can only crowdfund for a movie once right mm-hmm. so if you crowdfund for pre-production and then you try to crowdfund again for production it's going to be really hard because you kind of mm-hmm. get this one chance and then people kind of move on you know it's it's right. just the way that people's brains work right mm-hmm. You know, if you crowdfund for production and try to crowdfund again for post-production or for distribution, you know, like, like, so, uh, you know, are you, are you crowdfunding for pre-production
1: and planning to not crowdfund for additional phases? So in my mind, I'm thinking probably like 20K low end, 50K, give or take a little bit. I had a very great phone call yesterday, actually, with Justin, the Kickstarter guy. Are you familiar uh-huh. with him? Jay Horton no. spoke about him too, and how you okay. can implement the the stuff he teaches you for crowdfunding, basically to anything. With and he's a he sounded like he really knew his shit. And I can say, most likely, I would definitely be working with him on my crowdfunding for that because the the guy was sharp and knew knows his shit. He's got like a ninety seven percent rate success rate on his on his crowdfunding campaigns hitting their target. So shout out to Justin, the Kickstarter guy. If, if those stats are real, that's amazing. So I, I kind of see the next movie being like in the $1 million range, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it, there's some variables, but so I see myself, you know, the, the crowdfunding, getting money for those things I need for, you know, pre-production and money attracts money and getting awareness and, and then trying to find equity investors. Yeah. So you're not going to self self finance a million dollar movie. <laughs> yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not going to be able to do that one. Yeah, yeah. Not unless this one is a massive success. But yeah. You know, and that's right, the cool right. thing too is it's for sale forever. So, you know, I'm yep. excited to have a digital project product finally and I'm, you know, that's it's really exciting. I've, I've always dreamt of having something to promote and just put all out there by any means necessary wear t-shirts put a decal on there hang some banners tell your mom and tell your mom like i'm so excited to yeah. finally have a digital product yeah yeah well i think it's
0: i think your excitement is not to put other filmmakers down but i think your excitement is rare at least a genuine excitement rather than just kind of the appearance of excitement because you know you <laughs> have to be excited you know like i think for a lot of filmmakers when they get done making their films they're exhausted and they want nothing better than to just move on to the next film. And maybe that's why they just put them on Film Hub and that's it, you know? Right. So, and, you know, again, I'm not I'm not throwing anybody under the bus or anything like that. It's hard. It's really hard. So, you know, whatever you got to do, whatever you bring to it or don't bring to it, that's that's your deal. But it's really just awesome to just hear that energy from you, that well, natural you, energy from, you know, of like looking forward, even, you know, just having basically finished the movie a couple of months ago and bringing as much energy diving into getting it out there as I'm sure you, you know, put into making it. Thank, so, you. Yeah, Thank it's you. It's fun. Really cool. You know, I
1: mean, it's, it's fun. Inspiring. This is what, yeah. this is the fun part. I actually,
0: you know, well, the, the, <laughs> yeah. not all part. filmmakers are going to agree with you on that, you know, <laughs> but it's great if it
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find that extra energy. I mean, the fun, the best part is why we're all addicted is being on set, right? There's nothing yeah. like being on set. Yeah. And for me, yeah, you know, probably. acting in between, you know, cut and action or action cut is just the best, but I mean, this is exciting because it's time to get it out there and promote and tell people. And yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for you and, We'll have to have you back in like a year
0: to kind of see, follow up and see how things worked out because yeah. like we said earlier, like this is kind of a unique interview for this podcast because you haven't yeah. actually gone through the experience yet, but it's been a, you know a really great conversation anyway. I know listeners are going to get a lot out of out of, you know, what you said, all that kind of thing, but yeah, following up in another year or so and seeing how you did, yeah. I think will be even more informative and even more interesting. So thank you, you know, awesome power to you. All that said, like uh, I, anything else that, you know, kind of we didn't cover that you wanted to get into or any other comments that we skipped out or, you know, I no, like just want to give you no. a chance to. Yeah, this was so okay. fun. Yeah. yeah thank yeah, you for totally. having me on, Sick. man.
1: I, I'm a big fan. I'm, yeah, I'm not thank just you so saying much. it. I, yeah, I, appreciate I think you're that. doing great. I love yeah, the show. It's,
0: it's great to hear that. I, I
1: honestly, this is the
0: first time I've, I've said this publicly, but I honestly almost folded. No. A, a couple months ago. Don't. I was coming off of my shorts. I was kind of depressed. I was not motivated. And my kind of lit, my interview queue had kind of dried up and I put out a few calls to get more guests and I didn't really get a lot of response. And I was like, do I really want to keep doing it? Uh, you know, like yeah. it takes some work. It takes some effort. And and I just like I need to focus on finishing the shorts and stuff like that. So I almost bailed, but I but I something came along. I forget what it was, but it was like another face group that I hadn't been a member of uh, came across and I joined it and I posted a call for people to be guests. And I got a ton of responses. And that was, yes. like, and I also, at that same time I got, I forget who it was. It might've been you, it might've been you actually. Well, so I, this I would definitely be kind of cool. There. Somebody, some, yeah, but somebody actually messaged me and said, I love your show. I love what you're doing. I, I think actually it was, wasn't you because I think they actually left a review, but whatever it was, like, it was like, it, it, it lit the candle again. I was Good. like, wow, okay. People are out there listening. People are out there appreciating this. And now I've got more guests lined up, you know, so- right. The momentum picked back up and now I'm like going at full steam. I'm scheduling into April now, you know, with interviews and stuff with a long list of people interested in being on the show and, and, you know, just... Just continuing to get these stories. So, well,
1: yeah. ultimately, if you know if it serves you and your health and your energy, and you're getting stuff from it, which yeah. I imagine you are, because as far as I, because I eat this shit up all day, every day. Yeah. When yeah. I'm driving, yeah. it's nothing but filmmaking stuff. Yeah. And and I absolutely love your show, and I yeah. and you're well, a great thank host. you so yeah. much. And I just yeah, I love hearing the stories, and everybody's yeah. story
0: is different and valuable, and contributes to the discussion. Yeah yours included, obviously. And so, yeah, I mean, I really have to give the credit really to the people, to the people's stories that come on here and kind of tell us what it's all about and their experiences. You know, it, it just, it's good for everybody. Uh, it's valuable information. So anyway, yeah, yeah appreciate, cool. appreciate those words. Yeah, man. Where can people follow you any contact
1: information you want to leave? Anything uh, like yeah. That? People can email me, get some film at gmail.com. Okay. Instagram is Gary Smith, 700. And the movie website is skyflythemovie.com. Yeah, keep an eye out for it and look yeah. for it in April, it sounds like, so. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Thank you It's, yeah, it's, on, it's a
0: man. worthwhile watch, so. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, and now I, I feel privileged to have seen it, you know, three months
1: in advance of, of the release. It, it's great well, fun. Well, so. it was an honor, brother. Thank cool. you very All much. right, thanks so much cool. for being on All the show. Right, My pleasure.
0: All right, that's all for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate and or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That is the best way that you can help me grow the show and reach a wider audience of independent filmmakers and others who just want to try to understand this crazy, crazy world of independent film distribution. As always, feel free to contact me directly with any feedback or suggestions for the show. You can find me on Twitter, or should I say X, or Instagram at darkrosecollin, or you can email me at colin at darkrosepictures.com. That's Colin with one L, -L C-O-L-I-N, at darkrosepictures.com. And, by the way, darkrosepictures.com is my website for my feature and other projects. Its purpose is not just to promote my films, but to tell the story with honesty and transparency of my own personal filmmaking journey. So if you want to follow the process of an independent filmmaker from development to distribution, this is a great way to do that. So check it out, darkrosepictures.com. Anyway, I want to thank Gary Smith for a fantastic interview, for the passion and energy he brought to the conversation that he brings to his filmmaking. I wish him nothing but success with his well-researched and well-thought-out plans. It'll be really interesting how that all works out for him. I also want to thank Jeff Raymond for keeping up the great work on editing these episodes. As usual, I have so many great guests lined up for you in the coming weeks, talking all things indie distribution. So please stay tuned, keep getting those movies out there into the world, and thank you so much for listening.